What's up, Ego Hackers? Welcome to CS Joseph Podcast. I'm your host, CS Joseph. And this is uh, this podcast is Acolyte Edition. Although this particular episode, I believe, will be uh, posted on the YouTube channel and on our podcast as well. And uh, this episode will also need to be added to our insanely uh, controversial playlist that we have on YouTube, which is the Season 31 playlist. So this will be the newest episode of season 31 because this is directly relating this particular question is directly relating to season 31 content and as a result uh, I think is insanely important uh, for everyone who likes to understand gender dynamics the dance between the masculine and the feminine in order to actually properly well in order to have really a good life in order for you to be happy that's the problem like a lot of people don't realize that if they're not living in a state of masculine and feminine polarity within their life, they're not going to be happy. It's actually one of the main keys to happiness. I'd know because I'm Heart Temple. And Heart Temple is all about the pursuit of happiness. Right? That's what it's all about. And having that pursuit of happiness is necessary. You know, Heart Temple is all about personal freedom. It's all about acceptability. Raising one's own acceptability and raising the acceptability of other people. Right? And then also making sure that one's own personal freedom is, you know, always available, but also everyone else's personal freedom is also being uh, promoted as well. This is where we start talking about internalization and externalization of God functions, which is a really important concept. And I, I believe uh, I should probably do another God function episode on internalization and externalization of God functions and actually just go through each of the God functions and how they should be externalized versus internalized for having the absolute you know, best life that someone can have. So I'll probably uh, do a few additional episodes on the God functions to that end to be able to facilitate that discussion even more. Something that uh, Duggo and I currently disagree with, but I believe I will uh, win him to my side eventually as we talk about uh, externalization versus internalization of cognitive functions, including the God functions, etc. So we'll see how that discussion goes, Mr. Duggo. I look forward, I look forward to uh, receiving more of your challenges uh, to uh, my presuppositions or presumptions thereof, right, when it comes to the science. Good sir. Love you, bro. Anyway, so the question, today's question is why, why polygyny instead of polyamory? What a question. This is like, this is like, this is crazy, this is a crazy question. What's the difference, right? First of all, I would like to say that I'm against polygamy. I'm against polygamy. A lot of people don't realize that People think I'm pro-polygamy. No, I'm not pro-polygamy. Polygamy, polygamy means multiple legally married wives. Bigamy is illegal or basically, and uh, polygamy is also a crime as much as bigamy is a crime within the United States of America and most of Western society. And uh, yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's a criminal thing, you know, and I, and I would only support such lifestyles if they were decriminalized or actually made legal, right? But then again, I'm not, I'm not for legal marriage anyway. I think legal marriage is stupid and ultimately really dumb. You could still be married, you know, through word and deed because in the eyes of God, you are married 
just by you know saying the words instead of actually having a legal piece of paper to back it up. So let's avoid the legal bullshit, shall we? Because why should we? Why should we care about the legal bullshit? Especially since men are consistently just shot on from a legal perspective all the time. When it comes down to it, like polygamy, bigamy, these types of things, like just just don't even bother. Like the whole like, oh, let's just be legally married to like multiple people. Let, that's like that's like actually stupid, and you'll like end up in jail or worse. Like, just don't do it. It's dumb. Now, polygyny versus polyamory. Polyamory is actually a type of lifestyle that's heavily promoted by the book known as Sex at Dawn by uh, Christopher Ryan and Cecil DeJetha. And uh, I, I actually entirely reject uh, polyamory. Polyamory is basically where, like, you know, women get to sleep with whoever they want, men get to sleep with whoever they want, and they basically share each other with other people on a regular basis, and they create, you know, triangles or Vs or zigzags, basically. But it ends up causing a huge problem over time. I do not, I do not recommend uh, polyamory. But as close as polyamory is, like I would ever be okay with, is like for example, uh, you know, like a man having sex with another man's uh, one of another man's wives, basically wife, which is determined by you know a woman that he regularly has sex with and regularly has children with and is committed to her indefinitely and she is committed to him indefinitely but then uh but like yeah i mean because i one of my highest laws is don't have sex with another man's woman without permission basically if you have permission then okay fine fine you know in the in the presence of permission okay fine so which in that case it would technically be polyamory you could make the argument it would technically be polyamory this polyamory, like, but otherwise, just, I don't, I don't recommend it. I don't recommend it. Polygyny, however, is the male sexual strategy. And <clears throat> the male sexual strategy is basically, you know, one man who has um, committed, multiple committed relationships with multiple women. They're all committed to him, but they are not to be with another man. They are only to be with him. That is polygyny. That is the male sexual strategy. And it helps facilitate uh, hypergamy well enough because a man of that status to be able to have, you know, many women at that, at that approach from that perspective and that point of view, a man of that high level status should be able to handle the dualistic, pluralistic reality of a woman's hypergamy, which is having all the alpha traits and all the beta traits present within man. Alpha traits being alpha fitness, alpha intelligence, alpha... Uh, alpha authority, alpha leadership, basically, uh, compared to beta traits, which is uh, parental investment, protection, and uh, provisioning. And this man is able to have all of those traits all in one within one single. And then as a result of that, he's able to fulfill or facilitate all of the needs that his woman's hypergamy actually would have. And a high value man the highest value men, the highest value men out there, so like like top 1% of men basically, are able to actually be polygynous, right? They can be polygynous. They can actually enjoy their sexual strategy because men prefer to have sexual variety. They need sexual variety. Not having sexual variety is actually a huge problem for men over time. And oftentimes it's why men are accused of cheating. But, you know, biblically men actually can't 
cheat. You know, thou shalt not commit adultery is actually a commandment specific to women. Most people like to bring up Jesus talking about, well, you know, if you're if you're lusting after after another woman, you've committed adultery with her. What that basically means, if he's committing adultery with her, that assumes that that woman is actually already an adulteress, right? An adulteress, meaning that she actually does belong to another man at that point in time. And then if he's going after her, if he's lusting after her, but she already belongs to another man, he has committed adultery with her because she's acting like a hoe. She's acting like an adulteress. So she is committing adultery right then and there by betraying her, the man that she actually belongs to. Uh, and then this other guy is getting with her, and so a man can only commit adultery with a pre-existing adulteress. There's no way a man can commit adultery without a pre-existing adulteress in the process. And a lot of people just don't understand that concept. People are like, oh, Mr. C.S. Joseph, that's bullshit. I'm like, no, it's not, actually, because there's another commandment of the Ten Commandments that actually applies to just men, which is, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, Okay. That is a male-only commandment. And as much as thou shalt not commit adultery is a female-only commandment, which is basically telling women, don't allow your hypergamous sexual strategy to harm the men in your life, the, men that, the man that you are committed to. Whereas thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's life is telling men, don't allow your polygynous sexual strategy to get in on another man's woman basically. And all of those those commandments are is just helping us manage our own sexual strategies, manage hypergamy and manage uh, and manage uh, polygyny, basically. You know, monkey branching is a sign of, uh, you know, unmanaged hypergamy. Monkey branching is basically when a woman is talking or expressing, uh, you know, potential romantic interest in multiple men simultaneously, you know, and it's like, we just actually had a uh, an ESFP woman banned from the Ego Hackers uh, Discord community for being hypergamous because she was literally talking to like four guys at the same time and trying to see who who she can get with, basically. When as a woman needs to manage her hypergamy and only talk to one guy at a time, and then once she's and if she doesn't go anywhere with one guy, then she you know, detaches from him, follows a detachment protocol that we recommend within the women's group, within the ego hacker community, underneath our, um, our uh, nonprofit. And then uh, from that perspective, <laughs> they're able to, she's able to begin a new, fresh conversation with a new man, right? And that applies especially to non-virgins. Virgin women, it's a little bit different. And I actually have an entire lecture series that I make available to the women within our women's group, uh, also known as the Cartel of the Mature Feminine. It's a private Discord and it has private content that we have specifically for uh, the ladies. And we have a bunch of requirements specific for the ladies to go through and lots of books that they need to read and certain behaviors they need to practice and exhibit in order to be successful in the Cartel of the Mature Feminine, to make them as feminine as possible, to make them as beautiful as possible, to make them as desirable as possible uh, to men so that men are willing to commit to them. Why? Well, because the reality of the situation is, is that men have all of the power. They have all the power. Men will always have power over women in the world. The reason why is, is because while women, uh, while women uh, control access to sexuality, men control access to commitment, right? The reality of the situation is, is that 
women are actually technically cheaper on the sexual marketplace than men are because a new girl turns 18 and 21 every single day, right? And because of that, you know, there's a lot of competition out there for the highest value men, right? And women just naturally are willing to share the highest value men. They'd rather receive the table scraps from the high value men instead of being the the end-all, be-all, the everything to the average man because their hypergamy is consistently pressuring women psychologically into uh, optimizing and being with the absolute best man they could possibly be with, right? And give her sexuality to that best man so that she could naturally produce the best children. That's where that comes from. That's what that means. So that's why ultimately women are just pre-programmed, evolutionarily speaking, to be with the highest value men, even if that means being just his mistress or just being his concubine and not actually being his main girl. What's that? As much as Myron Gaines says, you know, hey, you know, you should probably uh, work hard, ladies, to be his main girl. Absolutely. I, I entirely, I entirely agree with that. Work hard to be his main girl. Be his main girl as much as you can, you know, because women naturally will share, will share higher value, the higher value men. I mean, it, like, it's very interesting. Like, I even had a woman come up to me recently and she's like, you know, hey, I'm okay with being your mistress. I'm okay. You know, I'm okay. Like, if all, you, if all we do is you just call me up and be like, okay, you know, just, <laughs> she, she, she literally, she literally, she literally told me, it's like, you know, hey, you know, whenever you're feeling lonely or anything, just text me and just tell me and I'll, and I'll come over and just suck your dick. And then once we're done, then you just go back to doing what you're doing. And I'll see you next week. You know, just something like that. It's like she's, it's like she's asking me or telling me that she's okay with me pumping and dumping her over and over and over again. <laughs> because, you know, she sees me as the high value man, basically. And then as a result of that, she's giving me those sexual privileges under that, even though she knows that, She's not ever really going to be my main girl, but she's totally cool with it for some reason. You know, that's just who she is. And, you know, most women would be like, oh, you know, she's a really broken woman, you know. And it's like, no, she's not. She's just a regular woman, you know. A high-value man can raise the girls up and actually gain those sexual privileges. That's just how it works because that's how men facilitate their sexual strategy of polygyny. But men are often demonized and derided for having their, their, um, <laughs> their, uh, the sexual strategy of polygyny. Why? Well, it's because in this feminist society, women are conditioned to project their hypergamous nature on men. And women oftentimes assume within this feminine primary social order to assume that men are hypergamous like they are. They assume that men will try to optimize the women that they get with and then replace other women with better ones. But that's not how men actually intrinsically work. Men have this thing called masculine idealism. The sexual strategy of polygyny basically means that men see women like Pokemon. Gotta catch them all. They gotta have your roster of six Pokeballs, you know, six girls or whatever that you see on a regular basis, you know, and today I choose you, Pikachu. You know what I'm saying, right? You know, today, uh, I choose you, Melinda, today, or I choose you, Georgia, today, you know, or the next day. 
Oh, Karen, Karen's my girl tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? That's my Pokeball I'm using tomorrow, right? That's how polygyny works. And the highest value men out there end up having, are able to utilize their polygynous sexual strategy. Because men are born without value. They have to spend their entire lives building that value. They have to spend their entire lives building value over and over and over. And oftentimes, they're not even aware, you know, people are not even aware of this phenomenon or how it actually works. And that could be a problem, right? But women consistently, as they are conditioned to do so within the confines of this society, they are conditioned into making sure, or at least believing, that uh, men are hypergamous like them. And then that's why women are constantly projecting their own pre, um, uh, predilection on, towards cheating onto men and assuming that men cheat more than women do. And it's actually entirely false. That is actually false. Women cheat more. Women cheat more because they're trying to optimize their hypergamy. They're trying to get with the highest value man that they could possibly get, right? But men don't do that. Men have masculine idealism. Men see women like a bunch of pieces in art, like in an art gallery. I have my art gallery, and each woman in my life is like its own individual painting in my art gallery, and I love each painting for what each, and each painting speaks to me in a unique way. This is why, you know, men have this need for sexual variety in their lives in as much as men has a need for a variety of cigar or men has a variety for gelato that they like or they have a variety of different beers that they like or a variety of different cars that they like. How many cars do rich men own? You know what I'm saying? It's all about variety. Men enjoy variety, whereas women are all about finding the best man that they can be with and optimizing their relationship specifically with that man. If a woman is having sexual relations with multiple men at the same time, it actually psychologically destroys her mentally and inhibits her ability to pair bond with other men. Therefore, men will see her as someone who has a lot of baggage because every time a woman ends up having a new sexual uh, relationship, they're adding on additional baggage consistently. And they're always comparing the guy that they're with at the moment with past guys that they've ever been with. It's a huge problem. I mean, shoot, I've even seen this with my ex-wife, for example. Because it came to the point where she realized, oh shit, I probably shouldn't have cheated on him. I probably shouldn't have cheated. You know, and it's like, okay, yeah, I get that. Where she regrets the choice of ending our relationship and is trying to get back with me all over again because it's like, oh crap, I realized I couldn't have done, you know, I realized that uh, the guy that I chose with, you know, may have seemed better, but uh, he wasn't better after all. And well, this guy certainly isn't a high value man. I thought he was a high value man, but he's not, right? And that's the one I tell men, you know, hey, you know, when you got girls cheating on you, don't take them back because the only reason they're coming back to you is because the option that they thought was better than you didn't work out for them. That option didn't work out. So it ends up becoming a problem over time, a huge problem. And they're not even aware of that concept. They're not even aware of that risk, right? So as a result, it ends up causing even more problems. This is one of the reasons why fatherlessness actually exists, right? Because women are projecting their hypergamy, their, their own sexual strategy onto men and assuming men all act that way. So then they use that as justification to cheat, basically. 
which ends up becoming a huge problem over time, which I don't, I don't recommend at all. Every time a woman takes on another man, it inhibits her ability to pair bond. This is why women, you know, and I usually tell men, it's like, hey, you know, if you have a girl, if you have a girl out there who's like had like maybe one to two sex partners, okay, yeah, that's fine. Or she's a virgin, she's great. She has a chance to be a high value man, but if she a high value woman, but if she has three or more sex partners, she has so much mental baggage as a result of being with all those other men that you would always actually have to end up competing with those men in any sexual situation with that woman anyway. She's got a lot of baggage. And therefore, she shouldn't be your main girl. She should be like your concubine or your mistress or something instead to fulfill your, you know, polygynous uh, nature as a man from that perspective, right? To give you that variety. But she's not a girl that's going to be your main girl. She's not a girl that you're going to have children with. She's not a girl that you, who's going to wield the highest level of your devotion to her. You can't be as devoted to that woman because she's got so much baggage, right? And that's the problem, you know? Imagine, imagine being a 26-year-old who cheats on your husband, and then you're a single mom all of a sudden, and then you come to find out that the guy that you cheated on your husband with, all of a sudden you're actually his side action, and then you're like really sad that you can't get his commitment, and then are you even really going to be able to get a commitment with other, with other men? I mean, you just hit epiphany phase, you're 26 years old, your looks can't compete with younger girls anymore, you know, because a new girl turns 18 and 21 every single day. You can't compete with them anymore, and you're a single mom, and you've got a lot of baggage So already in the eyes of men. So are you actually really going to be able to gain the commitment of other men? Are you? The answer is no. But in this society, in this Western society, women are conditioned to think otherwise. Women are conditioned to think that they can. They can do it. The reality of the situation is, is that they can't. And it's really, really sad and painful for them. That's why there's the statistics out that by 2030, uh, the vast majority, 80% of working women, if I remember correctly, will be alone. There'll be dog moms, there'll be cat moms. Working age women will be alone because they just don't understand how to manage their own sexual strategy consistently because they can't pair bonds with men. Because they have all these sex partners. Just look at the statistics. Statistics get even worse. If a woman is college educated, if she has a bachelor's degree, a four-year degree, she has a 90% chance of divorcing you in the United States of America. Why would a man want to invest in that, given that statistic? Obviously, it's correlative and not causative, naturally. Naturally. But it's still a risk. Especially when you go down to, like, University of Idaho... You see all these huge-ass billboards talking about, oh, you know, uh, like all these little gender flags, these so-called different genders or whatever, and it's just like, okay, wow. Way to bring fatherlessness into the world. Way to encourage and condition women into continuing to break up families. You want to understand why we have a generation of weak men? Well, because they're raised by the mothers there's no fathers around and why would fathers stick around all the women have so much baggage why would the father why would the fathers even want to stay committed to these women to begin with remember men will always have the power over women why 
because while women control access to sexuality, men control access to commitment, right? See, that's the thing. You know, I remember having women in my life come up to me and be like, you have to earn my respect. You have to earn my love. And it's like, no, I don't. Because I could work my ass off for 20 years trying to earn respect, trying to earn love. But you still have the choice to love me. You still have to make the choice to respect me, even though I've worked my ass off for you for 20 years, right? It's not going to happen, right? Well, it's the same thing goes with male commitment, okay? Men always control access to commitment. And that's why men are always in the position of power when it comes to relationships. And that's why it is always a man's world. And it will always be a man's world. And as much as our feminist bullshit society will try to claim otherwise or condition women otherwise. But hey, you know, don't take my word for it. Go live life and see. How many women are out there who have actually come to realize this? When they hit epiphany phase and it's like, oh crap, my looks can't compete with younger girls anymore. And then they end up screwing as many men as possible to see what their looks can still get them, which is not much. And then they end up settling for a lower value man because that's all they can get. And then they end up divorcing the lower value men because they miss the higher value men that they were when they were 20 to 25 at their highest sexual market value. Which they can't do. Which is really sad. You know, we have all these psychological concepts, right? You know, that's what this channel is all about. It's all about psychology, right? We got to talk about gender dynamics because sexuality always trumps human nature. And human nature always trumps human nurture. But no one is real. No one seems to even be paying any attention to the consequences of unmanaged sexuality, unmanaged hypergamy, and ultimately unmanaged polygyny, right? And unmanaged polygyny is just a man having sexual relations with another man's woman. That is unmanaged polygyny, which be careful when you do that because you don't know whose girl you're sleeping with. You don't know if he's going to come knocking on your door and murder you, which actually a good friend of mine who was actually a bouncer here downtown, that happened to him. Some other dude started screwing his girl and he went and he assaulted that man multiple times. He literally, like, he had attempted murder charges. He went to jail over this. You see what I'm saying? Like, that can happen. He's also an ISTP, right? That can happen. You don't know, as men, you don't know whose girl you're screwing. You don't know. So don't take the risk. It's not worth it. Unmanaged polygyny will blow up in your face. Polyamory? Polyamory, you should avoid polyamory at all costs. Polyamory ruins women. Polyamory makes it worse. Polyamory makes it impossible for women to pair bond. All polyamory does is that it basically adds to their baggage and it makes it that much harder for women to pair bond. It makes it that much harder for women to gain a man's devotion and his commitment. So don't do it. Polyamory is literally stupid for women. It is stupid. And as much as it is also stupid for men. What happens when another man gets your girl pregnant and you don't even know if that child is even yours? And she, you know, what happens when you start pressuring that girl to get an abortion? Well, then you're a piece of shit man because you're killing another human being. Okay, great. What happens when she keeps the child and you have no idea that child is even yours and all of a sudden your resources are going to another man's child, which men just can't deal with? 
That's how you rape a man, after all. You know, raping a woman, it's, it's pretty obvious to figure out how to rape a woman. It's obviously, you know, have sex with her when she is unwilling, and that actually causes huge psychological damage to a woman. But getting cucked, a man getting cucked, which open cuckoldry, also known as polyamory happens, does the same kind of psychological damage to a man that a woman receives when she is raped. So reality, polyamory is male rape, raping men. That is what polyamory does. It hella damages women, it hella reduces their value, and it inhibits their ability to get commitment from a man, basically, such that they may as well just be pump and dumps for the rest of their lives. It reduces their value. It's an absolute total shit show. So you should avoid that. Avoid it. Don't do it. It's actually stupid. Polyamory is stupid. It is stupid. So that's the difference. That's the difference between polygyny and polyamory. Because at least in a polygynist perspective, you know, women are pre-programmed, evolutionarily speaking, to share high-value men. That's just how their hypergamy works, okay? As much as they try to deny it, you know, they, this society has conditioned men into thinking that monogamy is the only thing that is socially acceptable, when the reality of the situation is, is that right into our DNA, it is natural for us as men to behave that way, and it's natural for women to facilitate it. We see this through cognitive synchronicity and cognitive asynchronicity, right? Also known as compatibility versus camaraderie. Women make friends with women based on camaraderie. They have very low compatibility with their fellow women. And because of that, guess what? When one man comes along, he's compatible with all those girls simultaneously. And men choose their relationships with fellow men based on compatibility. And because they're compatible with other men, that means they are naturally not interested in the kind of woman that is with a compatible man friend of theirs, and therefore he's not really more likely to even be interested in having sex with those women because they're not compatible with him to begin with, right? I actually did a very good deed recently. I saved a life. I saved the life of a child. And in doing so, all of a sudden, like, like you know, this uh, the mother of this child is like, you know, all up on me, all up on me. But like, no, I, and she's not even compatible with me. She's not even compatible with me at all. She's actually like my conflict type. It would like never work, right? But I'm compatible with her husband, right? So first of all, I'm not even. I wouldn't even be interested to begin with because there's no way I'm going to, you know, unite myself with an ESFJ woman. It's just not going to happen. I'm not going to do it. So that's one thing. And the other thing is, is that I'm also not going to do that because I'm not going to break my highest law of never have sex with another man's woman without permission, right? Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, okay? I'm not going to do that, right? This is why it's entirely dangerous. This is why it shouldn't happen, you know? And already, just based on how our psyches and how our minds work, by default, from psychological type, from typology, from human nature perspective, Already, it's just not going to happen based on how we form relationships with our own gender, basically. Which provides natural protection against 
you know, covetousness against unmanaged polygyny as well as against unmanaged hypergamy. That's literally how it works, okay? Anyway, I think I've beat this dead horse long enough. So that's it for this act like question, which is, uh, for a, which is also a season 17 episode to be added to that playlist, the most controversial playlist that I've ever produced. So, hey folks, thanks for watching and listening. Like and subscribe. Leave, uh, leave your hateful comments below, naturally, because uh, we all know that's uh, what you guys like to do every time I talk about gender dynamics for some reason. So, but yeah. Anyway, folks, uh, I'll see you guys on the next episode.